0: Hey everybody, welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick. Coming up in this episode, we're going to look at the life of a celebrity impersonator. And then we're going to look at the top five mistakes that you know are going to be a mistake. But you keep doing it over and over and over and over and over. I started doing Lady Gaga.
1: And then most recently I started doing Taylor Swift and Marilyn Monroe. So it's just become this whole, you know, crazy ride that all started with one lady who called my mom. You almost have to be better than the, than the celebrity because you have to remember, you know, the celebrity is the, to their celebrity stardom because of how fantastic they were. And to be an impersonator, you almost have to be just as good, if not better, for an audience to be like, whoa, that's awesome. Okay, so here's Britney Spears. Oh, babe, baby, how was I supposed to know?
0: Like, who's got the bigger problem if they sit down in the toilet and a snake is in there? Does the man have the bigger problem? Does a woman have a bigger problem?
2: Uh, I want to ask, is there anything that you think you do uh, on a regular basis that is exceptional? No. I will usually wait one light cycle, and then if, like, it turns green again and you don't go, then I'll start honking at you.
0: Are you serious? You're going to wait a whole... You would sit behind somebody for a whole light and not honk? I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. Our first guest has been Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Lady Gaga, Faith Hill, and Marilyn Monroe. This is celebrity impersonator Christina Shaw. She's got an awesome show in las vegas and one thing you really got to check out is hear her sing as all of these different celebrities in this interview how did you get started in this
1: my mother owned an entertainment company in philadelphia for years and years and years even before i was born so um once i got older i started performing with my mom she used to do all kinds of costume characters and fun events like that for children's birthday parties. So we got into doing uh, Barbie, and she would bring me along, and I would do Skipper with her at children's birthday parties. (laughs) So uh, that went on for a couple years. As I got older, um, a mother called my mom and said, hey, my daughter loves Britney Spears and is we're looking to throw this like party revolved around Britney Spears. Do you, can you provide anything like that? So basically my mom's wheels got turning and she was like, well, my daughter can sing and she can dance. And uh, I don't know, let's see if we can put something together. So we basically put together this 45 minute show, of um, entertaining the children where I'd put makeup on the kids and teach them a dance routine and I would sing them songs and you know this whole party revolved around Britney Spears music then we realized wow this is actually a business like being an impersonator is actually a business so it then we realized what this huge like small big little industry this was Um, then I did Britney Spears I did birthday parties for years and years and years and then I started to do it nationally once I got to be 18 I started to actually travel I added um, stars like Christina Aguilera then I added Faith Hill and uh, about six years later I started doing Lady Gaga and then most recently I started doing Taylor Swift and Marilyn Monroe so it's just become this whole thing. You know, crazy ride that all started with one lady who called my mom and asked for a service like this, and we had no idea, and it all stemmed from her. And I'm actually still in contact with her. Her name is Jill, and she's a very sweet lady.
0: (laughs) Isn't that crazy how one person can say one thing and it just completely changes the course of everything?
1: of your entire life. I know it's, it's absolutely amazing. And she's actually seen me perform a couple times, which is uh, like in my later years, uh, which has been such a blessing to see her in the audience and be like, wow, like, you know, you made that, if you didn't make that phone call, my mother and I say to this day, we don't know if we would have figured this out.
0: Now, was it when you started doing it, did you like those specific people or was it, I look kind of like this person, I can do this one.
1: Well, I actually don't look anything like Britney Spears, but I have this weird talent where I can change my voice to sing like them. So I was always a mimicker from an early age, I would always mimic voices and all kinds of things. And Being a singer and a dancer, I would watch Britney and I would watch Christina and Mariah Carey, and I would try to sing like them because that's all I knew how. You know, at that point in my life, I wasn't taking any singing lessons or anything like that. So I would just watch and learn, and that's how I would learn to dance, and that's how I would learn to sing is watching Britney, and I just learned how to mimic her voice. So I guess that's my mom would see me do that, and and when that lady called, she was like, oh. wait a minute i think my daughter can probably do this and we figured it out that way
0: (laughs) was that the backyard variety shows that you're talking about that you says about in your bio
1: no that was actually even before that i mean i would i would i was always singing and dancing this was that you know before britney came out like when tlc you know was real popular me and my girlfriends from back home would learn the dance moves to the the Waterfalls song and we would like charge five dollars admission to have all the kids from the area come in the backyard and we'd put on a show and stuff for them but that's even before that
0: <laughs> wow just kind yeah. of always in it when you started doing it for the kids did they know that you weren't the real thing or well
1: a lot of the times the mothers would call and they would say like you know we want to fool the kids and right away we would we would say well my mom would say because i was like 16 at the time my mom would always talk to the parents but she would say right right off the bat like we're not in this to fool your children we we don't want them to think or like we're trying to get around you know that that you're britney spears we don't want to do that we we more wanted to make it like so i would start off by basically saying like hey i my." um like, do you guys, do you know who I am? And the kids would say, like, Britney Spears. And I'd be like, well, I'm not the real Britney Spears. You guys know that, right? And they'd be like, yeah, because they're smart enough. They'd be like six, seven, eight years old. They would know. And they'd say, yeah. And, you know, and I would say, well, just, I'm, a, I'm a Britney Spears impersonator. Does anybody know what that is? And most of the time, one of the kids would raise their hands and say, you you, you you sing like her, or you think you're her, or you dance like her, or something like that. And I'd be like, exactly. You know, I sing and dance and act just like the real Britney. Don't you guys think that's so cool? And they'd be like, yeah! And then I would start the show. So it, I feel like they, they appreciated it more, that they knew that I wasn't trying to get around them and, and get, you know, try to fool them. Like, yeah, I'm really Britney. Cause you, and even if you would try... Because, you know, there would be those moms that would be very adamant about it, and we'd be like, okay, fine. There's always that one kid that would be like, you're not the real Britney. And it's like, you want to look at the mother and be like, I told you.
0: (laughs) Did you you hate that kid, or did you appreciate that kid?
1: No, I I mean, I don't hate the kid, but you almost just want to say to the mother, like, these kids aren't stupid. Like, yeah, they're children, but they still know. They know the real Britney Spears is not going to come to their birthday party. (laughs) I
0: I have two boys, even at their ages, like – there's no fooling them. You you hey. cannot get anything past them, even at their exactly. ages. It, it, exactly. <laughs> it, they just
1: know. They know.
0: It kind of makes me wonder what makes us dumber in, later in life. <laughs> so then how did you kind of go from the more local stuff? How did you go to the nationwide and performing in Vegas? Uh,
1: well, so from doing birthday parties, um, we would start – once I turned 18 um, I started submitting to agencies around the United States and my mother got in contact with uh, lots of the agencies in Vegas here and just all around that would have been in the business for a while and she would have conversations with them over the phone about the business and you know they would give my mom tons of insight and my mom would learn how much to charge and how to do it and how to write a you know contract for these big events and stuff like that so I slowly started doing bot uh, mitzvahs Sweet Sixteens. I would travel to New York. I would travel to Boston, uh, New Jersey, basically the tri-state area. I grew up in Philadelphia. uh, So basically the tri-state area was where I would do gigs. And my dad would drive. My mom would have the directions from MapQuest because, you know, back when, you know, in the early 2000s, there wasn't cell phones with gps on them yet they were fairly new so my mom would have the piece of paper and okay turn left turn right and i'd be in the back back seat, just singing along you know 16 17 18 19 years old and it would just be like this big family fun event and we we, we used to have so much fun in the car the three of us just traveling to these gigs and then um i was I had the opportunity to go to the Cayman Islands and perform as Faith Hill as my first, like one of my very first out of, like really out of town, like where I had to travel. And I brought my singing teacher, which was pretty cool. And shortly after I went to New Orleans to perform as Christina Aguilera. And I was, I think 20, Um, I couldn't even drink. I remember me and my dad and I were on Bourbon Street and I couldn't even have a drink. We were walking around and it was so fun. It was fun, but I wasn't even old enough to appreciate it.
0: (laughs) And then how'd you get to Vegas? I...
1: It's most singing impersonators strive to be in Legends and Concert. That's kind of like the do-all, end-all, like you've made it if you went to Legends and Concert. So I had auditioned for years, and a lot of the times they would tell me, you're too young, you're too young, you're too young. So then once I got to be uh, about 24, 25, they started taking me a little bit more seriously. And I had um, – was here for an impersonator convention they actually have conventions for impersonators all the impersonators get together and agents it's actually pretty cool so I was here for an event and they wanted me to audition as Christina Aguilera and I was like great so I had all my stuff I went over I was already here in Vegas what not living I was just here for the convention I went over to their offices and auditioned and um they were like great we're about you know so about six months later they called me they said okay we're ready for your act uh, let's collaborate and figure out What songs we want to do and custom changes So that was in 2010 uh, they, they moved me here Temporarily to be in the show for three months And then I went to Foxwoods Connecticut uh, to perform With the show there for About two months and then I went home uh, To Philadelphia and I was Working at a car dealership that I would Worked at for, you know, since I've been 16 17 years old w- Went back to the car dealership and I'm like what am I doing Like I just had this awesome experience, you know, in Vegas. And my mom was like, why don't you move to Vegas? And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I maybe, but I mean, I don't have a job, but let's try it. So my mom was like, listen, my mom and dad, they were so, there's the sweetest things. They were like, you know, you should try it. And if you don't like it or it's not for you, you can always come home. And I was like, you know, that's when they said that it was so comforting. And I was like, you're right. So I packed my bags. I had no job. I came here. I actually did have a, an, um, a meet a meet and greet job as Lady Gaga lined up already. So it actually worked out within within three weeks working or moving here. Within three weeks, I had a gig. So it was like, all right, at least I have one gig already. You know, so uh, I had that gig, and from there, I, I just it just kind of cascaded into gigs upon gigs and then I've learned other things that I can do here in Vegas dancing singing with bands uh emceeing that I do now for slot tournaments and um all kinds of football events and uh, pool parties and things so I didn't realize how many awesome amazing opportunities there were uh, so it was literally the best decision I ever made, <laughs> to say the least.
0: One of the themes that seems to kind of resonate throughout a lot of our episodes on this podcast is people who take these big risks yeah. and it ends up paying off. And then yeah. there's people who don't take the risks and they're kind of stuck in the same place. What was it that finally motivated you to just, all right, I'm doing it?
1: I think the whole Legends and Concert thing and then from, from coming home from that, I was like, wow, that was such an amazing life and that's what I want to do. And I'm like, why am I working at this car dealership and going nowhere? And honestly, uh, I had a boyfriend at the time and we had broken up around the same time. And that's when my mom was like, what are you doing here? You have nothing holding you back. You have have no kids. You have no husband. You, You know, your friends and your family are here, but take the leap and do it. And I feel like it was scary, but why not? I had nothing to lose and everything to gain. And, you know, in situations like that, it's like it really teaches you and it makes or breaks you, you know, because you can go into it with a bad attitude and that's not going to take you anywhere. You know, you have to go into it like full force, like let's try this with a great attitude. And I feel like if you do that and you have that that support behind you, too, was was very, you know, very great with my parents, too. Um, You know, basically when they said those words to me, I was like, you know what? You're right. You know you could always go back to what you were doing and as soon as they said that I was it was just like a weight lifted off my shoulders like all right let's do it and even though you know you have those first couple weeks where you're you know you're, li- you're living in what I was living in with like a roommate and a in an apartment and I was like eating oodles and noodles, you know, and like, oh God, like the first three weeks, like, I hope this was the right decision. But, you know, it eventually, you know, within a couple of weeks, a couple of months, it turned around and I got a job and then that job got me another job.
0: I guess the question that I have about it is more of like a technical question. Do you have to pay them royalties? Like, how do you, you can just impersonate somebody or do you, like, how uh, does that work?
1: I, uh, most of the shows that I do, um, they do pay a fee to to do the songs, to you know, to use the songs. Um, when I do um, corporate events and little things like that, I don't have to do anything like that. I mean, unless I get a cease and desist letter from Lady Gaga herself. But the impersonators, or unless the celebrities don't like impersonators, which I have heard that before. You know, they I have heard horror stories like that, but most of the time, they don't, you know, they don't pay no mind to that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, we're not
1: making millions and millions of dollars off of them, you know?
0: (laughs) No, I would imagine it just kind of increases their reputation, but I have to ask now the horror stories, like, what have you heard?
1: Well, you know, just basically cease and desist letters, you know, that, that the artists would send and be like, you know, we don't like that you're doing this or why don't you do your own thing and stuff like that. It's a, People ask me all the time, like, have you met, you know, your, your the people that you impersonate? And I actually have just met Christina Aguilera, and it was scary. It was, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, do you tell them? Do you not tell them? Like, how are they going to react? And they could react negatively, and you have to be prepared for that. And I was. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go in this, you know, and basically I want to tell her. You know, like, I'm not not going to tell her. So, But the way I kind of approached it, I kind of said, you know, hey, I I have a show down the street or, you know, in the theater right next door where I impersonate Lady Gaga and how I got started was I – impersonated you for years and years and I still do kind of thing so it's like well it, it so I kind of like went about it in a roundabout way like you know I'm impersonating Gaga right now but I also impersonate you so it's not like I'm in your impersonator and I'm obsessed with you like obviously I don't want to come across like that
0: <laughs> what did she say <laughs>
1: she well she was she was actually very very sweet she was like I love that that's so cool oh my god that's so great that's so great and then I said I actually got started by impersonating you and you know I would sing like you and dance like you and that's how I got started in my career and she was said I just said you know thank you so much and she's like oh my goodness she's like thank you so much thank you thank you she kept saying thank you and she said that's so cool I love that so seemed like she was on board and she liked the fact that I did impersonate her. So that was like refreshing to hear.
0: For, for you and I guess for other impersonators too at the same time, are most of you, do you want to just be impersonating somebody or is the dream to kind of take this and then eventually do your own thing?
1: Um, everyone's different, obviously. Uh, for me, I genuinely enjoy being an impersonator. I, I love the joy of, on people's faces when I sing like other people and I dance like them. And I personally love it. I love that if you say sing like Christina Aguilera, I can sing or Britney Spears, I can change my voice and sing like Britney. Now, not saying if someone were to to knock on my door and say, Hey, I want to offer you a record contract. I would say, no, I just, I have lots of friends who have been in the singer songwriter, uh, singing, working in LA, scrubbing tables, um, stories of them scraping gum off the bottom of a chair, literally just to record their next single. And where does that go? I don't know. To me, it's just a lot of work for how much reward are you going to really get. To be famous, to me, is you have to be at the right place at the right time. And hey, if it happens for me, that's great. But I'm not going to spend hundreds and thousands of dollars trying to get a manager and struggling in LA and working as a waitress like no that's not me I I genuinely enjoy what I do here in Las Vegas
0: when you perform in an audience does does the applause though does it feel like it's for you or does it feel like it's for the person that you're impersonating
1: well I I mean it's I'm impersonating them. So they're they're still they're plotting for the person, which the person is me. Um, at the end of the show, people will come up and say, you know, you have a great voice, you have a great voice or you sound like just you sound just like Lady Gaga, which I is the highest compliment I can receive from singing like Lady Gaga is to sound like her. I mean, Lady Gaga is an amazingly talented artist. So if anyone were to say I I hit the, you know, the nail perfectly, then that is all the affirmation I need that I did a great job. So, I I mean, they're, they're still applauding for me. You know, they're, they're not applauding for um, like a silhouette or something. It's still me. I'm still a person, you know. No, <laughs> no, I understand. <laughs> that makes sense.
0: But your headlining is Lady Gaga, right? <laughs> right now? Yep.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. So right now I'm in a show over at Planet Hollywood. It's called Blonde Invasion. And it's a tribute to Lady Gaga, Madonna, and Britney. And I just do Lady Gaga, and then we have Katie Murdoch as Britney Spears, who has been in Legends in Concert also, and Cody Alexander, who is Madonna. And she has also been in Legends in Concert, and um, yeah, all three of us work six nights a week at the show. It's a 7 p.m. show, and it's awesome. It's We have four male dancers. It's high energy, about an hour and ten minute show, and uh, we take turns going back and forth doing sets and I also play the piano. I do a couple of numbers on the piano as Lady Gaga and it's it's an amazing high energy show. And it's doing great. So we we're having an amazing time. We're just enjoying every minute of it.
0: Is that now is that basically would that be the biggest thing so to speak that you've ever done?
1: Um one of the biggest things. Yeah. Um when I was in Legends, you know, obviously it's a huge opportunity, but my face wasn't on these huge billboards like it is now <laughs> and it's really cool like my face is on the marquee right out front of planet hollywood uh front of the theater uh i have a, a billboard on the strip that like drives up and down the strip with our faces on it advertising our show so it's really cool it's been awesome and when i was in vegas for legends which was 10 years ago I didn't have as many friends as Vegas as I do now. Obviously, I live here now, so I have tons of friends and family here now. So it's really cool to have them come to the show and see me.
0: Would I be surprised at how much it is? Like do you make a pretty good living or is it kind of roommates and noodles or is it penthouse and valet parking?
1: Um it's it's uh, it's in the middle. It's it's I mean there there's some people who solely are uh, impersonators and there's some people like me who hustle like I I love having 800 jobs I love it I just I love being busy I love pushing myself and um, trying new jobs and you know I always tell my agents all the time hey if you if you need somebody to do something and you don't know wh- where who to call I was like you call me they'll say hey can you do this I'm like yep I'll figure it out
0: <laughs> who is your favorite person to impersonate
1: So, people ask me that all the time, and it's so hard to pick one because they're all different. So, I'll tell you the reasons why. Like, I love doing Britney because I like dance and making my voice sound like a robot. (laughs) And I like doing Christina Aguilera because I get to just wail, just sing my heart out. I don't necessarily have to worry about, like, just a little bit of dancing. So, it's fun, but just a little bit of dancing, but more just, like, riffing and gaga is a little bit of everything gaga is full out dancing full out singing she loves her fans so very just interactive with everybody and then uh faith hill is just stand there and sing and i don't have to be out of breath i don't have to crazy riff so they're all different and they're all fun to do
0: do you have a least favorite
1: um no no i love them all the same if, if i had a least favorite i wouldn't be impersonating that person
0: anybody that you tried to do though and you were like oh wow this is this isn't working
1: um no i mean i've had i've had i've had some celebrities where i've done them and then let them go like for instance um jessica simpson like back in the early 2000s she was huge and i would you know she had her song with you that was real big and um i would do events as jessica simpson but now jessica simpson doesn't have any music there is no draw for jessica simpson so not saying i dislike doing jessica simpson there's just no pull for her anymore so like there's been countless celebrities that i have impersonated that just kind of fizzled out because they fizzled out as an artist themselves
0: this question may come out of kind of left field a little bit but I actually know somebody that kind of did this a little bit so I'm wondering if you have ever had this experience quick background I worked with someone at one point in my life that basically had an Elvis impersonator fetish that she essentially she loved Elvis impersonators she always tried to date Elvis impersonators oh, have my. you yeah every boyfriend was an Elvis impersonator it was that's odd it was uh yeah Have you ever ran into anything like that?
1: No, no, not at all. I haven't had any weird, you know, odd things happen. When I was very, when when I was first starting, we found, somebody found my Faith Hill picture on like a dating website or something. And that was like the most, I think that's more like the most scandalous things that's ever really happened to me as an impersonator. I've never had anything odd like that happen.
0: If, like, somebody's getting into the impersonator business, is there somebody that people consider, like, ooh, this is the best person to impersonate? Is there, like, a best person and a worst person at all in that kind of industry?
2: Uh,
1: no. There's more. Um, it's who's popular. So if you look like someone, like if, you look like, if you look like Jane Fonda, that's awesome. But is there a big draw for a Jane Fonda impersonator? No. Um, you you want people who are uber celebrities. You want you know those really really popular um, celebrities. Other than that, it's great that you look like that person, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get work as that
0: person. There's not like an echelon, so to speak, of impersonators. Like, hey, you want to, if you can be Elvis, you be Elvis, and if you can be Caratop, like that's you don't want to do Carrot Top or anything like that.
1: Right. I mean, maybe, maybe there is a care type impersonator. I don't know. I don't know how much that person would work. I mean, impersonators like that, it's more like, a. it's not their main job. It's yeah. like, Hey, maybe they'll get one gig a year.
0: Have you ever any times that either you've been or ran into anybody else where you thought that the impersonator was actually better than the real thing?
1: Oh yes. Oh yeah. 100%. I mean, our, our, for instance, our Britney Spears in the show, she's incredible. Like our Britney Spears actually sings live. <laughs> so there's an example right there. Like a lot of Britney impersonators, you almost have to be better than the than the impersonator than the celebrity because you have to remember, you know, the celebrities got to their celebrity stardom because of how fantastic they were, and to be an impersonator, you almost have to be just as good, if not better. For an audience to be like, whoa, that's awesome. And for for instance, our Britney Spears and our show actually sings. And when's the last time the real Britney Spears actually sang and danced that's, at the same time in, in a show?
0: That's such an interesting aspect of something that kind of fascinates me is that making it, quote unquote, Really doesn't have that much to do with talent. I've always felt it's just right,
1: and it, exactly and it goes back to just what we were talking about earlier. It goes back to uh, if you're just in the right place at the right time and know the right people and have the right amount of money, or maybe not right amount of money or not, but you be in the right place at the right time. Man, example A: Britney Spears. I'm not saying she's not talented. She's when she first came out, she was very talented. You know, she could sing, she could dance. I think you know, stardom got the worst. You know, got the best of her, basically. But
0: can you? give us like a singing example of the different voices or anything like that? Is that? Yeah, sure. Okay.
1: All right. So I'll do a little bit of all my artists. So, um, okay. So here's Britney Spears. Oh, babe, baby. How was I supposed to know? There's Britney for you. And,
0: uh, um, Holy shit. That's good.
1: Ah, you're so funny. Um, I will do, us uh, some Faith Hill. I don't want another heartbreak, I don't need another turn to cry, no. I don't want to learn the hard way, baby, hello, whoa, no, goodbye. But you got me like a rocket, shooting straight across the sky. Okay, I'll do poker face. I want to hold them like they do in Texas, please. Fold him, let him hit me, raise it, baby, stay with me. Love game, intuition, play the cards with spades to start. And after he's been hooked up, play the one that's on his heart.
0: <laughs> now, did you? Were you always kind of just able to do that, or did you have to have specific training to like, all right, you deepen this, you? I don't even know musically necessarily how to explain it, but basically, did you learn it, or did you? Were you trained to do it.
1: No, I just it's it was just some weird talent that i have basically i can listen to someone sing and then change my voice to sound like them so no i wasn't trained i mean i was i'm actually trained to be a singer so you know proper you know breath control and how to sing properly but the whole voice contorting is basically my talent
0: that's crazy what's the deal with fantasy football
1: Um, Yeah, that's another avenue of my life. I'm a huge fantasy football uh, player and advocate and uh, podcaster. Uh, Me and one of my best friends, Kenny Davidson, he's also an entertainer, uh, piano player here in town, an amazing singer. We have a podcast, and it's called Our Vegas Fantasy, and uh, yeah, we, we talk about you know, before fantasy football, we talk about all things about drafting and players and draft positions and stuff like that. And then during the year, we talk about um, the points and scores and um, fantasy football production and not not so production and all that great stuff so yeah we we and two we sing on the podcast a little bit so we have jingles for each of our segments because you know we're both singers and musicians so it, it adds another quality of our podcast so yeah we just uh so we're going to start that up back up again because uh, football season's coming back up in uh in a couple months but we're actually going to do our record our first um episode in two weeks yeah two weeks
0: let me put you on the spot who you draft number one if you got number 1 pick. Oh my
1: god. I don't even know yet. Oh jeez. I haven't even d- dove into the fantasy football uh, realm yet.
0: I know. Uh, I was, are
1: you a fantasy football player? I
0: I have consecutively managed to get last in every league I've ever been in. Oh no. Well, the little disclaimer is once I realize like I'm not winning, I I don't care. Like I'm not I'm not fighting for ninth. Does that make sense?
1: Well, that's the thing. You should. You can't just give up.
0: That's my way of life. (laughs) I want to thank Christina Shaw so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. There you can see her as all of these different celebrities, and you can also find out more about the show she's in in Vegas right now. Okay, so now let's go ahead and give John Shaw a call, and I think that Let's just do something different. Let's just try something different. Hello. Just, just you go ahead and start.
2: So Nick, how are, how are, how's your week been?
0: That's how you're going to start. No one cares about my week. Everyone cares about you. No, no you're one the does. Star of the show. I don't even care about my own week. That's how you you're going to look. I knew, th- I knew this was going to be a bad idea. I thought that, like, you know what? Let's see if John can drive, so to speak. And you get, you got nothing. I mean,
2: I didn't prepare to drive. I can drive the bus any day of the week if you want me to. Well,
0: except for today, apparently.
2: Well, let me ask you a question. Let me let me ask you this. You walk into your house. Would you rather have a bear sitting in the living room waiting for you or a snake when you opened up the toilet lid?
0: Oh, ho, 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 ho. Ho, ho. just what I thought he had. Nothing comes back. <laughs> Honestly, I'd take the bear. I take the bear because the bear might be busy doing its own thing, like maybe it's in the pantry. It could be eating. It's your he's kind of coming into your territory, so he might leave you alone. If you got the snake under in the toilet, like the only thing that snake is doing is biting something that's important to you.
2: <laughs> I mean, now I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt that you see the snake, so you're like you're not sitting down, but like you open up the toilet lid. And there's a snake just hanging out.
0: I honestly, I honestly don't even think it matters what kind of snake it is. I wouldn't be like, "Oh, that's an eastern reticulated python. No big deal." <laughs> that's a diamondback rattler right there. Better run, better run. They always go straight for the genitals.
2: <laughs> so what, let
0: me ask who do let you, is, who do you think is who do you think who do you think is more vulnerable? To, like who's got the bigger problem if they sit down in the toilet and a snake is in there? Does the man have the bigger problem? Does a woman have a bigger problem?
2: Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh oh.
0: <laughs> I don't feel like we're make... really qualified to answer this. I mean, I feel like it would be us, but what do we know about what do we know about women? That's for. I, I
2: think it's I think it's even to be honest because let's be honest your your ass takes up like. Ninety-five percent of the toilet seat, anyways.
0: That's see now that's interesting. See, but I think that men have men have more real estate that might be lower hanging for the snake to get. But the man's ass is also probably bigger, so it would be better at blocking the snake from getting to it.
2: Meanwhile, while you're trying to block the snake, the bear's eating everything in your fucking kitchen. So yeah, you but just can't s- win.
0: So what? And you can go <laughs> buy more food. You can't go buy. At least not in places that I know of. You can't buy that kind of equipment.
2: Oh, I'm sure there's a black market out there for testicles and penises.
0: Have you ever been told that you look like someone famous?
2: Yes, several times. Ooh. Usually not very flattering,
0: though. <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> it's probably um, not good. Who did, Who do you get? Who did you get? Well,
2: I'm trying to think. I, I get a lot of local people. I get there. Uh, there was a... Former NBA basketball player, who I'm sure you're not going to know, and other people aren't going to know his name is Mitch McGary. Um, I got I got Eric Montross He's another comfy.
0: Eric Montross, man. okay, you're five ten tops. Eric Montross is seven foot. Who I don't under I well, can understand that like no nobody's confusing you for somebody who's seven feet tall. Were well, you sitting no, I'm down?
2: Not talk- I'm not. Well, I'm not talking necessarily about the the body or and with him. Uh, I have gotten, and I'm not proud of this, Chris Farley.
0: Yeah, you do. <laughs>
2: um,
0: but not I, even I Chris get... Farley. Like, Chris Farley's broke brother. I don't know if he has a brother or not. But be
2: like, He does, but...
0: <laughs> does he?
2: Yeah. Uh, an older brother, I think, that's still alive. Um,
0: wow, why well, you gotta go there? I,
2: I mean, he's, is it too soon already?
0: Kind of. I feel like it actually is still for Chris Farley. Like, who do you look like? I... Everybody always laughs when I say this, but I I want to qualify this by I... Whenever somebody says I look like somebody, I always... It always happens, like, back-to-back back within the space of a couple of days, and I get a really good one followed by, like, a really bad one right afterwards. <laughs> I don't even want to say because I know that people are just going to be like, oh, okay, whatever. But I've gotten... Like, for example, I've gotten, like, Tom Cruise and then gotten the guy off of Dazed and, or Half-Baked, like, an hour later. Like, I don't... Yeah. The, the, the comedian, right? What's yeah, I Jim yeah. Brewer. Like, I've gotten, Jim like, Brewer. Tom Cruise... I've gotten, like, Matthew McConaughey and Jim Brewer in the same day. Like, wait a minute. What's fucking happening here?
2: Oh, that's awesome. That's...
0: <laughs> Ooh, have you ever met an Angles person? Like if you get somebody, if you look at them from one angle, they're like, "Whoa, it's a good looking dude or girl." You get them another angle, you're like, "Oh." <laughs> uh,
2: I mean, yeah, I think everybody has. I've also d- done the thing, you know, <laughs> where you're, you know, see somebody from a distance, and you're like, "Okay, she looks pretty," and then you get close, you're like, "Oh, that's that's not a woman."
0: <laughs> that, I've never, that never done that.
2: Better hair than any girl I've ever met. How the how the fuck did that happen?
0: Some people have fantastic hair. Do you want to continue or do you want do you want to keep driving or do you want me to take over?
2: I, I just want it to be known that I, I, act, I mean, for being put on the spot, which you always put me on, I did pretty good there.
0: You didn't, <laughs> let's, let's leave it at you didn't fail horribly.
2: Let me, let me ask you a question. Seeing our top five of this
0: week. Wait a minute. Are you doing a segment? Are you, because if you're going to start one of your segments, then I need music.
2: No, 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 no. This, okay. This, okay. I, am I driving the ship? I'm just I'm just
0: asking you a question. Well, if you're driving, you shouldn't. have. If you're truly driving the ship, you shouldn't have. If you asked to, if you're driving a car, you should know you're driving the car.
2: So, with our top five this week, which is going to be uh, mistakes that we make over and over. which yeah. I put a lot of I put a lot of thought and effort into my list. I'm sure uh, yours is going to be something that you are probably doing right now. But uh, with with mistakes that you make over and over. Uh I want to ask is there anything that you think you do uh, on a regular
0: basis that is exceptional? No. There there
2: isn't there isn't one thing that you think that that you would like stand stand up in the middle of a crowd and say I am good at being a father every day or I'm good at taking a gigantic shit, you know, every every, you know, couple of days.
0: No. Interesting. Okay. I, I honestly don't think that on a scale of one to ten, I don't think I get above an eight. I don't think I give above. I I probably don't get above an eight on anything. I really don't. See,
2: I I, I don't I don't agree with that. I think you're a little hard on yourself there. I mean,
0: I I think I you mean, probably haven't met that many people then.
2: <laughs> you're a down player. I think you try. You're you're a realist. However, I also think you you downplay yourself sometimes. I, I think you're good at, at quite a bit. No, for but for instance,
0: I, I think for
2: instance, I've never met uh, another human being in my life that can swing a sword like you can.
0: We'll see, but that's a great example. Like, obviously, you haven't met very many people because but, I can swing a sword at a piece of fruit pretty well in a backyard. But you've obviously never met like a ninja master. That's why I'm saying like. I think that there are are massive levels to something. And the person that you personally know that's really good at something, there's a whole nother level of somebody who's great at it. And then there's a whole nother level beyond that at somebody who's exceptional. That's why I I couldn't honestly look inside myself. I'd actually lower it down to a seven.
2: I mean, but but I I don't think it's fair to base yourself on – you know, the masters or or everybody else. I mean, if,
0: so you should lower your competition, like I'm pretty good compared to the guy next to me.
2: No, but I mean, like you're, you're a good swordsman. I, but I mean, you're never going to be in an arena with a ninja.
0: How do you know? You don't know that about my life. You don't know where (laughs) I'm going to be next week. Um, let me ask you this question. What percent of your day do you think you spend doing stuff you don't want to do?
2: I, I think I need clarification is it? When you say stuff I don't want to do, does that include like just responsibilities, things that I have to do? Sure. 85% of my day.
0: Wow. That's what I was going to say too. It's kind of crazy to think. I was thinking about that. Like I'm probably about 80 to 90%. 80 to 90% of your life is spent doing stuff you don't really want to be doing.
2: I mean, don't get me wrong. I like my job, but you figure you spend, you know what, 10 hours a day? Including commute at, at at your job for most people, so that's almost fifty percent right there. Probably. And then you have to cook dinner. You know, you want to eat, but who really wants to cook every day? Yeah. And then if you have a ch- then you if you have a child, you're up early. You know, and then sometimes you're up late with them. I mean, nobody technically wants to do that, even though you love your kids.
0: I would agree. No, I, I think it's it's a shockingly high percentage when you think about it.
2: I think anyone that tells you that they. Love their life 100 percent from like they get up at 4 a.m. and don't go to bed till 11 p.m. But they love every second of it. It's full of shit.
0: Oh yeah, they're absolutely lying. Are you ready for? Are you ready to do one of your segments?
2: Sure. What? Uh, let's let's start off with the. Uh, you have to answer uh, one or the other here. So okay. Uh,
0: well, let's start off with some music.
2: I know the music. You know what? I actually had some music that I was going to cue up. But I figure I'm going to hold it till next week because I want to give my my voice another chance here. I, I was thinking of some melodies.
0: Okay. Let's hear it.
2: So here, here we go. Here we go. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum. Anyways. Uh, so first one is if you had to choose between uh, uh, Taco Bell or Del Taco, what are you going with? Taco Bell. Any particular reason?
0: Because it's Taco Bell.
2: <laughs> uh, well, I, I would actually say Del Taco, but uh, that's that's just me. Um, you have to participate in one or the other. Uh, the Carry Your Wife Championships in England or the National Thumb Wrestling Tournament held in Maryland.
0: Okay, are we talking about my wife specifically or are we going to talking about anybody? What's the weight limit on a wife? I mean...
2: W- We'll say your wife, who is not
0: a large, who is not. No, my know, wife's like a hundred
2: medium-sized woman.
0: My wife's a hundred pounds. I'm taking the carrier. That's the easy choice.
2: <laughs> but I mean, aren't you kind of like? Wouldn't you kind of be intrigued just to see like a national thumb wrestling who's uh, the championship?
0: Like who's the best in the world at thumb wrestling? There's just – that's one of those things that like – there's there's no way that that person is really the best in the world at thumb wrestling. They're the, they're the best person who happened to be free on that Saturday and decided to do this. <laughs> I
2: mean I don't disagree with you on that. Um, and then last but not least, would you rather uh, get hit in the swell of the back by a Roger Clemens fastball about 100 miles an hour or be standing underneath a basketball rim – and have Shaquille O'Neal dunk on you and fall on top of you while he's dunking.
0: I would go with Shaquille O'Neal, to be honest with you. I mean, you're getting hit by a baseball. I don't know how much you know about physics. I know a good deal. Uh, Whenever you're dealing with a smaller, harder object that has a lot of velocity, you're just not going to have a lot of give. Like, Shaquille O'Neal is going to dunk on you. The ball is going to go through the net. That's going to slow it down before it hits you. He's going to hit the ground somewhat, and that's going to kind of slow things down. So, like, he's going to be a big dude, but I don't think that's going to be – and gravity can only move him so fast, right? He can only generate so much force. And as you know, E equals MC squared. So I think that, obviously, Shaquille O'Neal is the way to go. All right, I I,
2: I would rather get hit with a baseball, but that's just because I've been hit with a ton of baseballs in my life. Never any near that mile per hour, but I I would have to think that would feel a little bit better than having a 350-pound – man land on top of me
0: have you had more men on top of you or you had more balls to your face
2: you know i I actually think i've had more well you know i did play football for a while but i you know i think it's probably a pretty fair uh fair amount 50 50 of men on top of me and balls in my face maybe at the same time i don't i don't really remember
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know what that's absolute proof that no matter how you old you are you're still really only six. <laughs> You're just six years old no matter what happened. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I think everybody uh, can agree that a good, a good dick or, uh, or, you know, sexual or ball joke is is, 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 they're the best.
0: Do women not have the equivalent of those kind of jokes? Do they not make them or do they just not say them around us? You don't hear a lot of like good female genitalia jokes.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I even know of any. Yeah, like, I don't know that, of any that a woman would say to another woman, and like start laughing because it's funny.
0: Like ha ha ha, my, I don't even know the man. <laughs> yeah, Did you, I don't. <laughs> how <laughs> about we? How
2: about we just move on? Yeah, <laughs> no. we you have to delete this whole five minutes.
0: Okay. What? <laughs> are, wait, are we done? Are we ready for top five? What's going on?
2: No, we're we're on to the social media. Oh. Uh, Okay. uh, So let's start off, this is a poll that we actually posted today, which would have been Saturday, uh, about, say you're going to a bonfire, and what what drink would you bring? Surprisingly, as of this taping, uh, beer was tied with pop or water.
0: I saw that poll that you put up there. What I don't understand is why you actually put soda, pop, and then water. You've combined two things, so you don't like, of course that one's going to win. You've put more options in there. Like, would you rather have a million dollars and a massage or would you rather get hit by a car? Well, first off, I put pop slash soda because if I if I only put pop. Everybody knows what it is. Nobody's going to be like, soda, what the hell is that?
2: Technically, soda pop is, is one thing, so you can suck it, all right?
0: This is just a misguided uh, poll. It's, it's, it's a classic example of poor data input.
2: I mean, listen. You know, it's it's getting votes, all right? That's that. Okay. Some, someone Didn't is click, caring bro. about my two minutes of hard work. Okay.
0: All right. Um, We're gonna talk about that later. By the way.
2: No, I mean, I let's let's just, let's just bring it up now. That's 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 one of them on my list to talk about. You might as well just get your insult out of the way right now.
0: What I don't understand about it is you had what was probably going to be the best poll question that you've ever put up there, which was, "Do you think?" What's better, saying buh-bye or bye-bye, and you accidentally misspelled it and put bug-bye? What I don't understand about that is why, why didn't you just fix it? Like you had an opportunity to really do something great. Instead, you got stubborn, and you refused to change it, and then it wasn't good.
2: Because, I, and, and you know, I forget, I forget who it was that commented on it, uh, or, or one of our polls in the past that I, I put up, and I, I think I spelled or did something wrong. And he said, don't delete it. Only cowards delete things. I want to say maybe it was Mike Westfall.
0: Yeah, Uh, I I believe that sounds correct.
2: But so, uh, you know what? I I manned up. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. And then we ended up actually getting, uh, even though Bye Bye won, uh, we got a couple people who thanked me for my mix up and said that now they're going to start using Bug Bye instead of, you know, their normal sign-off.
0: Well, they were just insulting you, and you took it as a compliment, which makes the insult even better.
2: Well, shit, then. Uh, I thought this one was a good one. Uh, Which one was classier? Another poll. Uh, Sausage or a hot dog? Uh, Sausage won out. (sighs) Are you
0: ready for this top five yet?
2: Hold on, I got a couple more things
0: here. Uh,
2: I kicked your ass yet again in the poll. I won 56 to 44 on
0: Facebook. That's not kicking your ass. That's a that's like beating somebody in basketball 102 to 98. It's
2: no, that's, that's not even close. Um, and then uh, uh, got some good stuff on uh, Instagram this week, and uh, our unofficial official sponsor seems like they're coming back in the picture. Long John Silvers.
0: <laughs> Long John Silvers loves us. I don't <laughs> For anybody who listens to this show, support Long John Silvers. and if you tweet Long John Silvers? They will absolutely message you back. Uh, so our top five this week is gonna be top five things, top five mistakes you essentially keep making. Like, you know, you shouldn't do this thing, you do it anyway, you get a bad result, you tell yourself, I shouldn't do that, and then you do it again and again, and the cycle continues. What's your number five?
2: Uh, so this is a, a drinking mistake that I always mistake, or always do, and it's, uh, I always choose beer to start off the day, and always usually end with some kind of liquor.
0: Mmm. You never heard that um, that saying? I think it goes like, beer before liquor, never sicker. Liquor before beer, you're in the clear. Of course I've heard it, but do you think I pay attention? I, was, I, w- I almost wanted to jump in because my number five is just straight, it just says tequila.
2: Yeah, I, I like tequila, but I can also see how it can lead to, uh, to mistakes over and over and
0: over again. I think that everybody has a tequila night where they can think and imagine taking a tequila shot and just do that like thing. What's your uh, What's your number four?
2: I don't really know how to put it. So I, I have uh, using my credit card way too much still.
0: God, I just have financial decisions for my number four. But yeah, I would agree wow. with that.
2: we like, Are we we're like in, matching each other?
0: We're in lockstep. What's your number three then?
2: Uh, I know you're not going to have this one because this is just me being a dumbass. But where I live, uh, a lot of the roads uh, are dependent on, on like which county you're in. So it might be like John Avenue in Oakland County. But as soon as you switch over, that road turns to Nick Avenue. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So we, I have a set of roads that go north or south near me. And for the life of me, I still haven't figured them out. I still like. Panic, and I, I want to go up Crooks, but instead I make a you know I make a right up Coolidge, and then as I'm driving down Coolidge, I'm like, wait a second, this isn't Crooks, motherfucker. I do that probably three times a week. Like I just cannot figure out these roads unless I'm literally staring at like a paper map.
0: And you've lived in Detroit all your life, basically.
2: Yes. It's weird that your
0: number three has to deal with driving. My number three is also driving. My number three is distracted driving. Where you're like, I know I shouldn't check this message. Okay, I'm going to check this message.
2: Oh, shit, I shouldn't have done that. I I, I try my best not to do that, but there are points, I I agree with you, where you're uh, stopped at a stoplight and like I'm looking down and I'm responding to a message or checking an email or social media or whatever and then you look up and it's been green for like, you know, 10 seconds or something or, you know, it's... Yeah, that that's uh, definitely a mistake.
0: How uh, how long before if you're behind somebody at a green light, the light goes green? How long are you giving them before you hit them with a honk? <laughs>
2: do you remember my parking lot stories about how I how, yeah. how I always chicken out
0: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
2: I am like a prolonged honker. Like if if I honk at you, it means that like something's wrong. I do my I try to be as patient as I can while driving. I will usually wait one light cycle, and then if, like, it turns green again and you don't go, then I'll start honking at you.
0: Are you serious? You're going to wait a whole – you would sit behind somebody for a whole light and not honk?
2: Well, I mean, that yes, but that, that's only in instances where, like, I can't go around them. But, yes, if, like, traffic is that backed up in, you know, either lane, I can't get around them. I, I'll, I'll usually wait a light cycle.
0: You would sit behind somebody for let's say 30 to 45 seconds just sitting there what are you doing the whole time
2: trying to analyze like them like if it you know like if I look in the car and it's like an 80 year old woman I might give her a little honk you know it, it all depends on who's in the driver's seat I guess you so you I, I don't I try to avoid confrontation when driving
0: so you're a profile honker <laughs> like you profile somebody before you honk.
2: I guess you could say that.
0: <laughs> I don't even understand that. Why don't you just give him like the little, like the quick, like the thump when you just barely touch it, and it makes the small sound.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, listen, I have done that. I just, uh, I try not to, I, I, you know, at all cough.
0: I just don't understand. I couldn't sit there for like thirty seconds. Is your wife in the car?
2: Usually, if she's in the car, she's she reaches over and does it for me.
0: Yeah, I would.
2: She does not have the uh, the same patience level that I have.
0: Have you ever reached over and re- inappropriately really honk somebody's car and then the for per- driver like turns around and looks at the driver and they they about <laughs> like you've never done that?
2: I've no, I've never honked like that. No.
0: <laughs> I had a buddy shout out to Ryan Brennan who had a car that you could easily put in rever- in, in neutral without him realizing it and you could just bump <laughs> the shifter because it was old and it would go into neutral you just hear this <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh i know ryan he probably got all red faced oh all.
0: he's a red facer too i love a good <laughs> i love a good red facer where their face is just like looks like it's about to explode they get the vein oh those are the best people to mess with what's your what's your number two
2: uh, so this is personal yet again, but, uh, I, 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 probably don't listen to my wife as much as I should.
0: What a weenie answer.
2: Like, you know, I don't listen the first time or like she'll say something. I was like, Oh, that's great. That's great. And then two days later she'll say, Hey, remember when you agreed to this? And I'd be like, no, I did not
0: mm, That's a mistake. But, but,
2: but I did agree to it.
0: Uh, my number two, it doesn't really apply to me now that I'm married. But drunk texting an ex? Oh,
2: that's a great one, man. That's that. That's a good one for sure.
0: Ooh, that's I. I fought really hard to not put that at number one, but number one is just too dominant for me. But I think uh, everybody knows that they like don't text them, shouldn't text them, shouldn't message them. Ah, oh, shit! Two in the morning.
2: I I always wonder, like, when you're at a bar. And uh, I mean, I've, I've probably been to this point as well. Uh, you know, you see the people that are just sitting, al- like, alone, 100% and just chance. on their phone,
0: hundred percent. And I
2: always wonder, like, are they are they just like you know, drunk texting the wrong person right now?
0: Hundred percent, they're texting someone they shouldn't have been texting. Hundred percent chance. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your number one?
2: Uh, so it, it's not flashy by any means, but uh, it's uh, and it's personal, and it's always. I always like have the greatest intentions of starting a diet and then within a day or two later, I always go off of it, whether it's eating something or, or not working out. It's always a mistake every time. Like I just not prepared or I'm not dedicated enough. Like that's, that's the biggest mistake I think is just trying to be healthier and you know, you, you just don't do it.
0: Mine's kind of like that. I put procrastination. Where you're like, I know I shouldn't wait till the last second, and then you wait till the last second. It's a disaster, and then the next time you wait till the last second again. Yeah,
2: I mean, it uh, procrastination's a good one. I mean, I think it's all encompassing. I mean, we've all been there.
0: What uh, do you have any honorable mentions?
2: You know, I, I don't really, uh, but I'd I tell you now that I think about it, the uh, the drug text, the drunk texting, is a really good one. You know, I think anything involving alcohol. Uh, probably should go you know under the mistake category for most of us
0: i was gonna i the only other one i thought of is any kind of buffet under 7.99 it's a mistake <laughs>
2: that, that's another good one actually yeah, i didn't i didn't tell. when's the last time you ate at a buffet
0: it's been a while oh. yeah it's been a while i feel like you don't eat buffets <laughs> after the age of like 30 30 really <laughs> when, when buffets are hungry, a young you man start game. Yeah, once your once your arteries are good and blocked, you really can't eat a buffet anymore. I want to end on a joke. Why should you never buy Velcro? Why is that? It's a ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's gonna go ahead and do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. If you get a chance. Like, download, subscribe, share. We love hearing from you guys. We've got our website, profoundlypointless.com, and we're profoundly pointless on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We love hearing the comments that we get from you guys. I want to remind you really quickly, we do have that new weekly giveaway that we're going to be doing, I think this entire year, where tell us the dumbest thing that you did, and we will reward your stupidity. Coming up in our next episode, we just taped the interview a couple of days ago, but our next guest said one of the most shocking things that I have ever heard in an interview. I I just, I couldn't believe it.